Hi guys, um, I wanted to talk today about, as a follow-on to the last post I did yesterday because it really seemed to resonate with a lot of people and be something that they both needed to hear and wanted to be thinking about, which is the idea of how to begin when it feels like beginning, when it feels like the thing you're trying to begin is so daunting and so big and so, you know, on so many scales, this can be true. I was talking specifically about the mentality of how I got through a, a day of making a whole bunch of blanks. It was 55 blanks. And how when I started, it was really important that I just put my head down and not think about it. And just do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work. Because if I thought, okay, that's one, 54 more to go, it would be totally discouraging. And I would be tempted to not even begin, and then you fritter away an hour, and then you think, ah, oh, is it even worth doing today? And we do this to ourselves all the time. And in some respects, the bigger the goal, the easier it is to put off. And so a goal like build a website, a goal like start writing a book that you have in your head. That's very easy to push off from day to day because it's so daunting. And sometimes we just have not goals, but work ahead of us in terms of a job that we don't like to do, but we have to do for now. Or in these times, maybe you've lost your job and you now have the work of finding a new job or figuring out what, you're going, what your work is going to be going forward. And that's both daunting and scary. And I think there, of course, needs to be a two-part process to this. There needs to be a deeply analytical and also gut-based analysis of the situation, your situation, what makes sense to do, and you need to come to a decision about it. Actually looking at the facts, thinking about it, right? On a super small level, I was like, you know what, I just need to get these blanks done today because then tomorrow, Friday, today, uh, I can run these errands, get back from that and go to the post office and like I'm at a I'm at the place I want to be at for this week. Uh, when it's a bigger decision, right? When you're deciding, should I write this book? What would that look like? Do I actually have something to say? I do have something to say. What is it that I have to say? Well, it's this. Or it's the question of, okay, I just lost my job. What are my options? What do I need to do to keep afloat? What am I good at? What are the actions I can be taking to hunt down a new job or build new sources of income for myself? Or you haven't lost your job. You just have to go to work and you're telling yourself, you know what? This is what I need to do for now. This is what's paying the bills. These are the people relying on me paying those bills. 
This is the long-term plan to get me out of this situation. Once you have that analysis done, and that's no mean feat to have a really clear picture of why you're doing something, what you're doing, and what exactly that looks like. Once you have that clear picture, uh, I feel like it's really helpful if the work feels daunting. If it doesn't feel daunting, then don't worry about this. But if the work feels daunting, if it feels daunting to begin, then the most helpful thing to do is to stop thinking about it. <laughs> and that's the rub. How do you stop thinking about something, particularly if it's been something you've been thinking so deeply about? I think there's a number of ways. Partly, I stop thinking about something, but I start thinking about something else, right? This is where podcasts or music are so helpful. And we all have this little device in our pocket that can, even if we don't have cell service or internet, can at least download stuff so that you can get your head into a different place. I used to use this, still do actually, all the time in the Christmas tree farm. The amount of work that goes into the Christmas trees each year is totally daunting. And so I found it really helpful. And a lot of times it's really uh, like buggy, sweaty, unpleasant work at certain times of the year. And it's really helpful to just say, you know what, this is what I'm doing. These are the reasons why. This is when it needs to happen. Plug in the podcast and go. And I stop thinking about it. And... So that's one way to stop thinking about it. If you don't have a way to actively distract yourself, you can still get into that space of just getting deep inside your head where you kind of disappear. Willa, Maisie, come on. Hey, dogs, let's go. Willa, come. Where you get deep inside your head. And just kind of disconnect from what it is that you have to do. Now, obviously, sometimes you have a work where you have to deeply connect, right? If you're an airplane pilot, you can't do that. But, like, I used to spend my summers when I was a teenager working on trail crews. Um, and sometimes it was amazing, but other times it was just hard work. And... I learned, you know, and you're not allowed to, oh, Maisie, she's doing this reverse sneezing thing. You're not allowed to plug in and zone out from your fellow crew members. So, uh, so I learned to go deep into my head a lot of the times and just get into my headspace where I can be thinking about something else, doing the work, but thinking about something else. So that's option two. And option three is perhaps the best of all, but you can't always achieve it. And that's to get into the flow state of the thing that you have to do. And sometimes this is what you have to do. Like if you're doing something like building a website, this is what you need to achieve because you can't reasonably, it's not a task where you can reasonably 
zone out and do it, right? And sometimes uh, you can't, you know, I wouldn't imagine that somebody just learning how to carve spoons could realistically zone out and carve spoons because they need to be in that flow state in order to do it. And largely, you know, you want to be in that flow state in as much of your life as possible. I don't think it's possible for most of us to be in that flow state all day, but uh, one of the valuable things about something like spoon carving is that it helps put you in that flow state. So the flow state is where you're actually paying hyper attention to the thing that you're doing and you're present in the now. And I would say that realistically, when I'm listening to podcasts and doing something, I'm kind of, I am in a flow state in the sense that the work that I do while I do these, while I listen to podcasts, it's not punch all these forms, not licking envelopes. Uh, it is, it is paying deep attention to my life at that moment. How could I not? Otherwise I wouldn't be able to use an ax safely. I wouldn't be able to carve safely. So it's, it's kind of both, but you can get into that flow state without needing, um, without needing the distraction of this other thing. And, and, and that, that of course, uh, is the best because you look up and you know, you've spent hours doing this thing and it feels like minutes. There's a fourth thing, actually, that just occurred to me, which is not always available to all of us, especially now in the time of the pandemic. But that's interacting with other people. And I think this is partly what people miss right now, is the energy you get from working with other people. Because even if you're not doing great, there's always that colleague of yours who is invariably chipper and changes your mood. I mean, there's also colleagues who are in pissy moods and change our mood that way also, but it's, we, as social animals, we are affected by other people. Yo, dogs, come on, come on, let's go. And so I think doing something with other people probably even remotely, although it's, I'm sure it's muted, is going to be tremendously helpful to helping us begin something that is daunting. You'll notice what is missing from all of these examples, though, all of these different ways of beginning something that's daunting, which is that none of them fixate on the thing itself, even the flow state, you're not fixated on the big picture anymore. You get into the flow state by focusing on the present moment. So I think what makes us paralyzed is that uh, probably we have a hard time making a decision in the first place. And that indecision means that it's difficult for us to know how to to proceed with some sort of certainty. And lacking certainty, it's hard to get into flow state because you're constantly second-guessing whether this is the right move or not. 
sometimes it's just unpleasant to begin. And so you need a certain amount of discipline to just say, nope, it's sweaty and hot and buggy and I'm doing it anyways. Or, uh, you know, it's cold and rainy and I'm doing it anyways. And this kind of discipline is a muscle. And the more you exercise it, the more you have it at your disposal when you need it. Some people advocate, uh, you know, cold showers as a way of building this muscle. Some people advocate exercise as a way of building this muscle. I feel like, for me, in my life, this muscle gets built just fine without me coming up with arbitrary ways to do it. So I've tried different ways to build that muscle and I always come around to thinking, why am I doing this? I have to work in, you know, unpleasant conditions, doing hard work that's demanding mentally all the time. I have that muscle. I don't need to build it further. But if you feel like you're the type of person that looks out and you're like, the weather or, you know, uh, it's just sort of daunted by the idea of the physical work of something, then yeah, maybe one of these ideas of sort of building that muscle through smaller steps, more palatable steps, will be valuable to you. Um, but then let's circle back to the idea of decisiveness. Because aside from the discipline needed to begin the thing, if you have a hard time being decisive about what it is that you're doing, that will always be undermining your decision and it will make it harder for you to have that narrative of why you're doing what you're doing and that narrative is so important. So I'm lucky in that I've always been a very decisive person and I don't really second guess my decisions. That's not to say I don't change my mind about what's important, what's real, Right? I'm the son of a scientist. I change my mind when new data comes in. I'm open to that. But lacking new data, I make a decision and I don't second guess it. Right? So whether that's I want to marry this person or I want to do this thing, or any number of things, that is fairly easy for me. I suspect it's a muscle in the same way that discipline is a muscle, but I also suspect that that there's actually something else going on, which is that times in my life when I have not felt particularly decisive, like I can be decisive if I have to be. And in many ways, like this is what the the Christmas tree farm is all about. You make a bunch of decisions. None of them is terribly inconsequential. The point is you just have to make them fast. You're cutting down trees left and right. It doesn't really matter which ones you do. The thing that matters most is that you just move forward, move forward, move forward. And I've come to embrace that in my life, but there are times when I haven't really known 
what to do. And I recognize that as a sign that I haven't made up my mind yet. I don't necessarily know what the right thing is yet. And so you do need to be okay with sitting with that uncertainty and recognize that if you are uncertain, then there's still stuff that needs to be, there's still stuff that needs to be, wow, Will is barfing, very exciting. There's still stuff that needs to be resolved, right? For years, I've been undecisive about building my workshop. I'm sorry I keep bringing this up as an example, but it's the big example in my life right now, right? Sort of had ideas, they seemed good, but it never seemed like the right moment to actually do anything about it. And when, it, when I came up with this plan of doing it the way that I've done it, it was so clearly the right move in the moment that everything quickly gathered steam and happened. And I was able to be decisive and put my head down and do the work real quick because it was the right move. It was so obviously the right move. And if you don't know what is obviously the right move, then maybe don't make a move, but keep thinking about it. Keep staying in that uncomfortable first state where you're thinking about it, dreaming about it, but recognize that that dream isn't supposed to be sort of vague and static. Instead, what helps you reach a decision is by doing the mental exercise of thrashing around with it and saying, okay, well, you know, I want to have a workshop someday. Okay, well, what if I build it like this? Well, that's, that's going to be crazy expensive. I can't afford to do that. Well, what if I do it like this? Well, I don't have the skill set to do that. Well, what if I do it like this? Well, that's getting closer. And you keep thrashing it and thrashing it and thrashing it and worrying it around and trying out new mental ideas about it. And you'll get closer and closer to something that feels like you can make a decision on it. And when you hit that point where you feel like you can make a decision on this thing, you'll, you'll know it, you'll feel it. And it doesn't mean that there's not going to be work involved. That's really when the, the hard work with the discipline comes in and starts. But uh, you'll know it when you, when you'll, you'll feel it when you see it. When it, when it evolves and you're thinking about it evolves to a certain point. I know for me, there's some sort of tipping point that I reach. My wife and I recently decided that we wanted to remove the hedge of willows that's along the edge of the road between our raised septic field and the road, which has grown up into a really nice privacy screen, but is also just kind of out of control and sticks out into the road. I have to keep packing it back so that it's safe to pull out of our driveway. And so what spurred on our conversation about was that I had this daydream of planting lupins along the edge of the road. She was like, you know, that's going to make it even brushier in there. It's going to be harder to see. Maybe we should put up a fence. And at first I was like, no, 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 a fence, ugh, it's too expensive to, you know, it's another thing to maintain. I don't know. And she was like, well, what about using the willow to make a woven willow fence? It's like, ah, that's a lot of work. I don't think the willow is really the right, you know, we don't have a lot of the right stuff for that. 
and it rots, and then how are you going to maintain that? But I started poking around on Pinterest and on Google and came across this idea of a brush fence where you put in two posts next to each other. And then you fill the space between the two with long pieces of brush. And you can build up a fence that as it rots, you just keep packing stuff down from the top. Now that I got excited about because I could see how we could actually take the very same willow that we were going to have to remove and turn it into the fence. And it's probably the cheapest fence we could build because all we need is the posts and they don't need to be fancy posts. They can just be rough cedar posts. So you can see how the thinking went from no, 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 to thinking, well, this could actually work. So today, one of the things I'm going to sort out is getting those posts. I think we're going to build it this weekend. And that's the level of decisiveness I'm talking about. It's not that I'm decisive right at the beginning necessarily. It's that I keep worrying at a problem and thinking about it from different angles until something that feels like the right solution comes along. And when something that feels like the right solution comes along, you can make a decision about it. And that decision will allow you to put your head down and do the work. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.